Hi, this is Jared Croker. Why are you listening to this podcast? These guys know nothing. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And you are listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast. What about Matt? On... We haven't got to him yet. Yeah, let's... Sorry. Wait, just... wait, we... we'll, is it Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork and Matt? Or is it Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork and guest star? Your special <laughs> guest star like um, Joan, what's his name in, in Dynasty? What's Joan her name? Collins. Joan... Joan Collins, Joan Collins. Dynasty. Anyway, we get to you at the end of the titles. Anyway, you've, stopped, you've blown the mojo as usual. Third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you by the Greenhouse, the number one Raiders fan forum. Get online and get engaging with people who love the Canberra Raiders like you do. Also brought to you by the good people at Landspeed Records. Come in and get your LPs, your CDs, your T-shirts, your all sorts of paraphernalia, including your Audio Technica gear which is absolutely wonderful. Best entry-level turntables out there. And it's Record Store Day this Saturday, the biggest day of the year. So I've dragged yeah. myself out of my uh, my COVID-induced slumber. And I'm COVID back. deathbed. I'm He's back. there. But we That's why there wasn't an episode last week as well, in case you don't know. There was an episode last week. I was struck down with Luck COVID. is soft. That's, that's why there was an episode last week. But we are coming to you from the filthiest storeroom buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal where we blow. No. And we also come to you with our special guest star all the way from the West Coast of the United States of America, Hollywood Madeline Neves. Matthew? Hey, Pork. It's great to be here. Obviously not so great after the last couple of weeks. Um, we missed last week's podcast, which is sad. Um, it was Blake and, Soft. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to welcome you from a beautiful part of the south coast of Australia, one of, I think, the most beautiful parts of the world. Um I might not reveal that either, but it is is south of um, Durris, north of Raleigh. That's all I'll say. Those are accurate. Durris <laughs> is a little bit far field. I always said south of Bateman's Bay, north of Raleigh, but, you know, there you go. Right, we've got south a lot of to talk Rosedale. about. We can do south of Rosedale. South of Rosedale, north of Mosquito Bay. How's that sound? Yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Except it's actually <laughs> south of Mosquito Bay as well. Anyway, we go into too much. We've got a lot to talk to. Um, yeah. let's before, we do, the- before we talk about the games, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please uh, subscribe. Same too for Spotify. And if you're on iTunes, you can give us a review, like some wonderful people. We've had a bunch of reviews come flooding in since the last episode. Uh, Milk Bar Nick, not too confused with um, Raider Nick or Summer Nats Nick is back and he says 1 million stars this time sorry about the four stars before very embarrassed misclicked greatest podcast ever cannot stop listening to it so so much that you earned the five stars well thanks nick thanks we did we did make him feel, feel a bit guilty about the uh, the four star review we got another one here you got another one patient l rob take a chance on blake and the pork wonderfully witty humorous and passionate raiders banter that will appeal to all green-eyed fans tastefully and brilliantly there are also several passionate contributors that break up the monotony that you get on some other higher ranked podcasts <laughs> blake and the pork is my number one he actually left he previously left a review on the, the green machine podcast and uh, they got in touch and asked if it was one of us and it wasn't it's not you is it matthew no it's not me it's I, not you. I uh 
It, it, it might be my my seven year old son, but he's yeah. still learning how to type. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it can't be me because I have no idea how to do any of the technical stuff, let alone how to leave a review. Exactly. I and mean, there's one more before we go. Five stars. Oz Mickey. This also came through a couple of weeks ago. Don't change a thing. I love listening to this podcast, and it's not an exaggeration to say that I look forward to it every week. Does that make mm. me sad or what? The best thing about this pod are the two hosts. Very knowledgeable, humorous, and passionate about the Raiders and league in general. Always entertaining. The same can also be said for this year's special guest host, Matt Leneves. The show's various segments such as Who's Got a Lift, Extended Bench, Reasons to be Cheerful are enough in themselves. There is never a dull moment on this pod, especially with the regular guest segments, the number of which seems to increase each year. Keep up the fabulous work, gentlemen. Thanks for that, Oz Mickey. Thanks for all those reviews. And yeah, if you give us a review, good, bad, or ugly, we'll read it out. So get on there. It is interesting that, you know, this has come from making it up as we've gone along. Yes. You, know, you guys have done well. Like I've always said, I was honestly, I was a fan before I even jumped on. And, and the first reason I was able to even um, have two words on this podcast is because um, I reached out to say what a great job you're doing. And and I, and I, I love it. And I love listening to all the, the, the great contributors. And it's just nice to be able to hear some pretty um, educated opinions on rugby league and also have a good time when you're doing it. So, you should have seen Blake fangirl when he reached out to him. Oh my goodness gracious, mate. <laughs> There not was true. Some major fan. Not true. Not true. People, people always say, true. I always say he slid into my DMs. I didn't slide into his. So anyway, <laughs> I explained, I explained to Matt. I didn't even know who he, he was. He slid into your what? DMs. I explained to Matt before. I didn't know who he was until Jordan Rappin posted a picture of him. Right. Right. Jeez. I, like, at least I knew who you were, Matthew. You watched Okay. Off, the right? Cowboys lost. Another blown lead. Another blown lead. I just had this feeling yeah. just before halftime when they held us out and we should have got another try. Um, when Schneider was held up over the line, I thought, geez, that could cost us because I knew, and, and Peyton said it in the aftermatch conference, he said if we, 18 was a long way back, but I felt we'd get back from 12. I thought their defence in the last 15 minutes of that second half, the Cowboys, was match-defining because from that moment they were able to, they had the amount of belief they got from that, they were able to grind back into the match. And there's just that little bit missing from the Raiders where we just needed a last pass to stick. We need something to go, and it just didn't, and we got ground out of the game after that. 100% we left points out on the field at halftime. At 12-0, I thought that's not enough. I had the same feeling against um, in the Sharks game, and luckily we were able to score a try in the second half and, and get away with the win in that one. But, um, yeah, we left points out in the field. and But, you know, 12-0 up, it should be enough. It should you be know, an interesting it's, stat, though. Yeah, go, Matthew. I was just going to say it's tough, though. You know, like it's really easy to pile on against against the guys. But for me, I've, I've watched that back a few times now. And it's, you know, like Whitehead dropped the ball over the line off that kick. You know, Schneider was held up. And we are relying on a really young spine to be able to bury games. And I, I, I like to look at the positives that come out of every game. Obviously, we always talk about this every week. And some of the positives that I noticed, especially in that first half, um, not just the completion rate and not just, you know, Ricky being able to use Tarpany, like going off a little earlier and then bringing on earlier. So he, he actually readjusted the way that he used his bench. But I also noticed Schneider started to adjust the way that he was playing. He tried a couple of, he tried two passes to his winger, you know, those Harbour Bridge passes. He tried the kick later in the game. And it it's, it's just tough, you know, because obviously with the, with the more mature spine, you know, and that, that's not just Schneider. That's also Starling. It's with a more mature spine, we could have buried that game, but we don't have that at the moment. So 
for me, I, I took a lot of positives out of the way that we played. If you look at the the reason, if you look at the problems that we had in the previous games, our team fixed that in this game, except we just couldn't bury it. And unfortunately, you know, in the second half, things came back to roost. But um, I, 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 um, I, I watched that game with a lot of a lot of positivity, and then you know, sadly, you know, there there was a few things that I think Ricky spoke to in his press conference that we just couldn't get. Getting get getting to, getting to that getting half, to that but... as someone that's watched the game multiple times I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. Um, yeah, Ricky said there were certain individuals that didn't name up. Well, the only person that's actually sort of been made a bit of a scapegoat this week is Emre Gula, who wasn't great, but I haven't seen him being great all season, and you know had been calling for him to be replaced inside prior to this week. What are the individuals? Do you think? didn't stand up, Matt. Who do you think he was referring to? Uh, well, I think Emre was the first one that came to mind for me. And I, I don't want to figure out people, but, um, you know, and one of the things that Ricky did say is he said, look, certain individuals didn't, didn't um, step up and I've been protecting them for a number of weeks. So, you know, we can't just be reactionary as fans. And one of the things that we do on uh, as fans is we want we want quick change. And, and maybe Ricky saw this change a few weeks ago, but he wanted to give Emre a couple of more opportunities and now obviously the team has came out yesterday and, and there's, there's a change there um, but you know if we're going to start singling out players I don't know like I think the back three didn't really step in to help relieve some of those early carries at the at the beginning of the first half yeah of course of, half, of course I, I, I um, failed to mention you know his fours um, were real until the end of the game yep I failed to mention that CNK has also been Put on the bench, and I mean he's <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's been struggling for a while. And that uh, on what day was what day of the week was that Thursday? That that was yeah Thursday. That was not good for him. Yeah, it was. It was. Look, look. You know what I want to see more than anything else. More than anything else, it doesn't have to be razzle dazzle. It doesn't have to be great. You know, movements and passes and stuff like this. The thing I want to see is people running straight. I swear to God, Nikolai Kotrich. I see you running like a crab again. I am going to yell abuse. Run straight. Run straight. When you look yeah, at mate. the Panthers players, you don't see them wandering cross field like a crab. You see them hammering into the line. Don't hesitate. Take the ball and run into it as hard as they'll run into you. Sometimes you're going to get smashed. Sometimes you're going to do the smashing. But I tell you this match, you go like a crab, you win nothing. Run Yeah, personally, straight. I'm, I'm with you, Paul. Like, I... You know we can we can finger out um, Gulo, but you know the last few weeks I've I've been pretty upset. You know, pretty just starting to question. You know, um, Kotrich, uh, Rapana, even Whitehead, which is tough. You know, there's there's a few players there that, that whether the game's going away from them or whether the you know like it's, but you need your back three to be, be able to to really relieve. Um, yeah. The forwards and they just weren't doing it at the beginning. And of they the weren't doing half. it, and, and they weren't and, doing and, it. And Co- hasn't done it all year, to be honest. Like he's, one of yeah, one of the things we said hasn't... last year, one of the reasons we said last year that um, we had struggled was how much we missed Nick Cottridge, and we really thought that we were going to get a lot out of having him come back into this side, especially with his um, ability to make meters. You know, at the start of sets, getting us out of our own territory, uh, and he hasn't delivered on that count at all. You know, we, we've we've brought him, we've brought him back in, on big bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, as a winger, and he should be making 150 meters a, a game. 
What, and he's what he's averaging like ninety. I know, but we're looking at if you look at certain players, it's it's their ability to get to the defensive line quickly. Like you look at Tomoko, he he runs up really fast and then gets hit. Or Valamai, even he's very direct in the way that he runs generally. Now and then he'll crab across. I believe the, the pronunciation is Timoko. Timoko. Yeah. Timoko. Yeah, you know, there's um, been a lot of stuff going around, but I think Timoko is the way to do it. And and we here at Blake and the Pork with special guest star. Uh, uh, Joan Collins, Joan Collins. Um, we will strive to get the pronunciations as as well as we do. And we apologise to all those people when we stuff them up. We are just idiots. Anyway, go on, Matthew. Oh, no, I was but you know, if you have to also start pointing the finger, one of my favourite players for the Raiders is Corey Hadawetanata, and his his contribution in that first twenty minutes of the second half was lacking. Sadly. Yeah, um, I looked at his stats and they didn't make great reading. He did some really good things in that game in the first half, but he goes missing. And I think he had he only had like five runs for like forty meters. And when we we're in trouble, you know, in that second half, when we just got to try and get some field, and I love he's him. Gotta put, he's got to put his hand up. I, I love I him, you know. But I, but I, that's where I'll give you the tip. He's last. He's last chance salooning this weekend. Is he? Because that's where I'm curious about where you guys think sit, right? We've got a Ricky fan and we've got a non-Ricky fan here. So I'm really curious because we need to find the balance of our back row. If we can find that balance between our middles and our edges, which we haven't this year, that's the biggest question mark for me. Um, you know, now we're bringing in Harry Rushton and we're, you know, things are getting changed and there's talk of Peter Hoyler and there's, there's all these conversations going around. But I don't think, obviously, since we lost... Um, Hodgson, and now since Young's been either dropped because of injury, because of a toe or a calf, or because of his form, and Whitehead's moved to the edge, we're now we, we none of us know. I mean, obviously the team might, but none of us know the role of our middles and our edge players. No, that it's, we don't. That we we, don't. we and we haven't hit we haven't hit that point where where they're singing, you know, like CHM was playing big minutes. Adam Elliott played 15 minutes on the weekend. So I, know. I still don't know with Adam Elliott is, you know, on one hand, should he be the starting 13? Should he go all in and just see what he does? Or should he be not in the team at all? It's really hard to know. What he's he the backup do. hooker. He's, he's the second hooker at the moment. That's actually what he is. Um, I thought that so... was, I thought that was chance this week. Well, look, it could be he's in the 14 jersey. I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do with Chance this week. He's but essentially, I know, he's I know essentially the backup to Starling is is Elliot. Yeah. I, I know that to be the case. Yeah. Um, look, CNK is essentially the cover for in case we have an injury in the outside backs, which, you know, I used to, for ages I always say, why do we have a back on the outside, a, a back, outside back on the bench? And every time we did, they get called in. They get called in. Yeah, so I wouldn't well, be don't surprised. Be, if... Don't be surprised to see CNK in the front row rotation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played in the halves in the trial. He could be playing halfback. Yeah, he could play any look, and he could, and he still hits. He hits like a train, so he could. God knows, he could go in the back row. We don't know. I have a we'll theory. See. I have a theory about um, chance, and this is going to upset Matthew. But my theory is that he's not like I love him, and I absolutely adore his effort over the last few years. But I just don't think he's an elite player. And I think he's a guy that was playing reserve grade at the Warriors. Um, an opportunity came up at the Raiders, and he grabbed it with both hands and gave absolutely all that he possibly could to that position. And he succeeded just through purely, not so much on skill, but he, he was a success based on effort and desire. And for whatever reason, that tanks 
running dry now, and he's just he's just not up to it. I mean, his lack of desire to 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 catch the high ball against the Cowboys. I mean, he's, he usually would try and let the winger take it, or then he he wouldn't go for it at all. And I mean, taking bombs. I watched every game uh, on the weekend, which I probably should every week, but I did actually watch every game on the weekend, and bombs have never been harder to take. You know, they've all perfected now the, the sort of the knuckleball style flat ball that doesn't spin, it just sort of wobbles. And you've got to have someone in the back there that's going to back themselves to take the thing. But yeah, I, I just think I just think chances... I think we've seen the best of Charles Nickel Clockstad. I know they someone... I know Paul Crawley, Ricky's mate, said something very similar on um, NRL 360 last night. And I'm not saying that because he said that. I had totally come up with this prior to that. And Matt, please go. No, I, I respect your opinion, man. I, and it's a opinion of, the opinion of, I think, a lot of uh, Raiders fans. Um, and, I mean, this is an opinion said to us privately. So it's not something that Paul Crawley said yesterday, you know. This is something you've been saying for a few weeks to us. But I don't um, respect your opinion, Blake. There you <laughs> I think go. you're an, I think you're but an I, idiot. But I, personally, I, when I think of, you know, Charles Nickel-Cookstar, I think of... The game against the the semi-final against the Roosters, when he was our best player, not just he was clearly our best player by like a mile. And um, coming back off a neck injury last year, it was evident the, the what we missed for most of last season. Yeah, agree. And what and what and what he brought back when he came back into the side, and you know we're we're all in a we're all in a, a nice little chat here and we, when we're Raiders fans and Raiders fans chat to Raiders fans. And, what, and one of the things that we do is we talk about the next new young thing and Savage is the new young thing. You know, there, there are other podcasts that have, you know, songs dedicated to him and, and I get Savage might be our future, but I just, I, I don't, I don't want to sell today's house because the market is suddenly up um, because we think we can get something better where I, I, I haven't seen Savage do what I saw Nick Cookstar do. And I, I do think he's elite. I get he's not he's not in the top six. You know, he's not going to bust a game open like a Latrell, a, a Turbo, a Teddy, you know, even a Ponga. Um, but for me, the money that we've got him on, it allows us to keep certain other players under the salary cap. And and I, I, I actually really rate him and I think he might be in a slump. Like, don't get me wrong, like, under the high ball, Ever since the game, I think it was against the Roosters at Bruce Stadium, um, maybe 18 months ago, where they started to pepper him down the short side. He's really struggled. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. I, every time there's a bomb up, I'm nervous. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did but, I? I'm, but I'm I, nervous. I, but with I don't tie back three except for Arthur. That, but that's why I'm not scared about. I wasn't calling for Savage to go to fullback this weekend. I was actually calling for Rapa to go to fullback. Calling for Rapa. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's Which happened I think because. Is a good thing. Because the the prospect of chance, I mean, you know, no Raiders fan is giving us a chance anyway against the Panthers this week. But I'm I'm sure Tim still thinks we're a good chance. But most Raiders fans have already written us off. But the thought of CNK positioning himself under those bombs from um, Nathan Cleary just oh, it sends shivers down my spine. Mm. I was waking up in it cold does. sweats. Look, there was there was a, a point in that match against the Cowboys, which made me quite mad. And I know we've spoken about it. Um, but when Rappin was back at fullback, 
and Savage had come on. Savage had come on as fullback. Rarapa got that ball, and he literally, instead of running the ball back into the teeth, he basically said to Savage, take it and run it. Now, Savage mm-hmm. should have been your first man to take it after Rarapa. I know. Hit. I know. And Rarapa should have done it, got to his feet quickly, and given Savage that ability to pop out. But he gave it to him, and he sent him into the teeth of the gale. He got knocked over the sideline, and from that point, the Raiders were never in it. It was the death knell of that match. We, we we weren't out of it at that stage. As soon as that happened, we were gone. And and I just remember thinking to myself, and, and you know, both you and I have called for Rapa to go to fullback and take more of a leadership role. That was something we've done. But that leadership role has to be recognising when he has to do that dirty work and not putting it on a kid. Now, I know Ricky came out in the press conference and basically said Xavier threw should have gone Xavier under the bus and and he threw should Xavier have gone under the bus no no and Ricky was right he should have gone in field he absolutely should have gone in field but you know it when Rapa threw the experience. pass when Rapa threw the pass I was just like no don't give it to him because they are so obviously would have had a plan when this kid comes on we're going to really go hard you know we're going to go hard and we're going to bury him and we're going to drag him over the sideline as I said to Matthew we had quite a strong conversation after the game I've never seen a season where so many players are getting dragged over the sideline. It's such yeah. a thing this year. Yeah. You know? And Rapa yeah. should have just taken the hit. And then Savage could have scooted from dummy half. But the last yeah, you know that's, what, that's Savage... But when, when it was raised in the post-match press conference, yeah, you, Ricky had some fairly strong words. I don't think any of them were wrong um, that was there. But, but do you, know, you think yeah. if he had his time again, he would have rephrased... Uh, how he spoke about Savage because I didn't. Oh, like look, I don't know. I it was like a it. pretty so- it was a pretty somber atmosphere in there. The fact that he spoke as he did, I thought was pretty good. But there were a few people annoyed with it. Um, but he also had a bit of a run in with our man Danny Ando. <clears throat> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> well, first of all, I just want to address these uh, rumors doing the rounds that I uh, uh, I've had uh, falling out with uh, Rick. <clears throat> uh, what actually happened was I uh, actually stopped watching that game against the Cowboys on at halftime the other night and I uh, uh, woke up on uh, Good Friday morning assuming uh, we had the victory and I uh, decided to shoot Rick a texter. <clears throat> oh, I simply said, uh, good win for the boys. Uh, you can uh, put the feet up for the rest of the weekend. Uh, you little beauty. <clears throat> uh, I got a texter back pretty quickly uh, from Rick. Uh, uh, replying with two words. <coughs> uh, the second word was off. So you uh, don't have to be a uh, road scholar to figure out what the uh, first one was. <coughs> uh, I haven't spoken to Rick since, but uh, I assume we're all fine. As we know, uh, Rick's quite a uh, forgiving sort of chap, but let bygones be bygones sort of fellow. So uh, I'm sure we'll be fine there. <coughs> uh, now, in regards to the uh, big game against the Panthers on Sunday, uh uh, we've seen a lot of uh, huge upsets in the NRL recently. We had the Tigers uh, beating the Eels. We had the Storm uh, incredibly uh, pipping the Raiders the other week. And uh, we have to uh, be on our, ga- on our game to uh, guard against another one on Sunday. <coughs> uh, obviously, we'll be the uh, overwhelming favourites going into that one. But uh, the Panthers have a few boys who can hurt you. Uh, if we let our guard down a bit, uh, they're good enough to uh, pull our pants down. So we... Uh, need to uh, show them the uh, respect that uh, they deserve. And uh, if we do that... Uh, uh, we should walk, walk away very uh, comfortable victory. <coughs> uh, but we need to be careful. Attitude will be our, our biggest opponents on Sunday. <coughs> uh, but if we turn up with the right attitude and uh, uh, show people the respect they deserve, it should be a comfortable win for the Raiders. Go, you, 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 you. 
Yeah, well, that that's going to happen from time to time. You know, if you don't watch the second half, Danny, um, and then you... Then... Yeah. Are you going to let um? Are you going to let Matt speak now about it? Matt has his right of reply. Say why Next, I like Savage, that. Savage was wrong. You're in all sorts of trouble. But um, there's something I know that. Uh... I mean, I have my I have my hand up on the Zoom there. We're not yeah. See, but, no, no. Um, but Matt, go, go, Matt. Listen, go, Matt. I I I don't blame Rupp on a one bit for that. He played sixty-five minutes. He asked Savage to come in. Savage stepped to the right and went to the wing. It was Savage's fault, one hundred percent. And I've heard this this argument that um you know right was hospital ball and he, and he should have taken it wasn't hospital ball it seven. wasn't hospital that's all respect that's all re- it's it's all retrospective history like it's it's um or is there any other history it's all it's, it's to me that was completely savage's fault that he did the that. moment he and gave Ricky, the pass though i was like no rapper that's a wrong yeah, thing to savage do should have just just yeah, but yeah, of course it is. But two wrongs don't make a right, and Savage should have just ducked on the inside. Um, uh, you they probably know, still he, would have. He... They probably still would have dragged him over. They probably oh, still would have dragged him. Now, now you're just being no, negative, Nelly. No, no. I think Nelly. there's certain. I think there's certain players that other teams go with a plan to drag over the sideline. I think oh, Jared Croker is definitely one. Okay, okay, okay. But there are some some things that have obviously made you very irritated this week, Blake. In fact, they've made you go on the burst. Ah, oh, look, I'm not, I'm not going on the burst that hard, but, but it's something that kind of does frustrate me and uh, annoy me a bit these days. Captain's challenges. I really don't see the point of them. And, you know, probably the fact that the Raiders are so terribly bad at taking captain's challenges is another reason why I don't particularly like them. I mean, the, the one a few weeks ago where not <laughs> where was the one for the high tackle. Was it the Titans, the one for the high tackle, where oh, not only did, yeah. and, and not only did Whitehead... No, they it's both like, got him high. Yeah, it's like, but, but Corey actually says to the referee, oh, I, but I went low. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what your idea of low is, Corey, but that is not low. Yes, no, they both went but high. But in, in, in the game on the weekend, and I'm pretty sure it was the Cows game. It, it was the Cows. Game, where there was a pass to Whitehead. Whitehead picked the, the ball up and the referee called it a knock on. And Whitehead didn't call a captain's challenge. He's the captain for the yeah. captain's challenge. Did you guys notice we, that one? Or we, see- my, I haven't watched the game five times. We are rubbish at them, and I don't think, as a general rule across the board, I don't think they're adding that much to the game. I think it's actually, you know, they want to speed up the game, but it's another sort of extended stoppage. We go backwards and forwards. And how many captain's challenges ultimately result in things that really have an overall difference to the bearing of the game? You know what I mean? It's not cricket. It's not like someone's been given out and, and Steve Smith's given, given out a 99 and then he... And he when it's a try, crazy. and when it's a try, they're reviewing it anyway. So exactly. there's automatically exactly. a review on that. Um, and I think that's good. So as much as it, I, it pains me to say it, I sort of agree with Blake. Yeah. So let's get rid of them. <laughs> get rid of them. Uh, Matt, look, hey, Matt call, wants to get six, for, rid of six agains. I want to get rid of captain's challenges. I Let's just have two referees. challenges for so long. I called for them for so long. The idea that now I'm sort of thinking to myself, every now and then you can have to take a howler um, in, in order for this not to happen. Because the other derivation is people deliberately giving away penalties in yeah. order to have something reviewed. And that might be right. But if you've deliberately given away a penalty, you have to go to the sin bin. So yeah, it, it's just, you, you can't say so that that breaks, but you know, there has been something that's uh, made me slightly annoyed. In fact, you might say it, it's ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what's ground my gears? 
Yeah, look, I know I know we're two and four. I know we're two and four. I see all of this. But people coming out, good people, honest people, people I like, people I call my friends and going the anti. Yes, that's right. People are going out. Can you ask one of them to buy an Ask Clown beanie? Right. The Ask Clown beanies will move, mate. It's just going to be a time. It's just, you know, just... Don't, don't, no, don't selling, fast, sell selling fast, selling fast. Don't be panicked into selling them, mate. Um, the anti-Ricky thing, and people say, "Oh, this is bad." And Ricky's got to do this. And Ricky's got. <laughs> I want to point this out to people. And yeah, I know I'm Ricky supporter, and I know I'm also searching for answers amongst this. But if you're a coach, and I don't care which coach you are, in which team you are, if five minutes into the season you have lost your up and coming center to a knee injury you've lost your brand new halfback to a knee injury and you've lost your hooker to a knee injury your hooker who you didn't want anyway but it doesn't that's matter by the by not, not he's still your true. number one starting hooker that's and, by the by and, and he's still your number one starting hooker with all the leadership that he brings to bear if and that happens to is, any is team around him any team you struggle so people come oh, out and say it's like it's ricky like it's you know like don't forget where we were when he turned up we're still better than that we still have a better team and a much better team and a much better club structure than we did than before he turned up if you're I'm gonna say you, ricky's gotta go and he's the problem and all this stuff you gotta tell me who you're bringing in and why they're gonna be better why okay. they're gonna be able to attract better players why they're gonna be able to put a better structure in place why they're gonna be able to do it better and if you can't say that you just grind my gears. Okay, so this this is this is the flaw with your argument here. Well, as far, as far as I perceive, what well, I'm making to you, and you're an idiot. This is the general the general <laughs> thing is well, if you don't like Ricky, who's going to do a better job? Uh, that's not that shouldn't be the be on end all. It's like no, no, we should just stay, burn down the house and live in a tent. Is that what you're saying? Stay with your abusive partner because you may not be able to find someone better. Oh, so Ricky's not, an abusive partner. No, but it's not a, it's not a justification partner, that oh saying that there has God. to necessarily be someone better. And look, I'm not saying we get rid of Ricky. I'm saying we stick with Ricky. I think one of the things that Ricky's done, especially that most recent conference and recent times press conference, is that it sort of is putting it all back on the players and not accepting maybe some of his own uh, failings, questionable decisions, tactics, etc., use of the bench the bench was much better Matthew I, I really liked the way uh, that he did he did manage to um, get more minutes out of Tarpany and Papa Lee Papa Lee yeah I did I did like that I did like that no I'm, it's not I'm, all bad it's... with Ricky it's not all bad with Ricky but you know we're failing in basic areas and look where you know the one that's thrown its head up again at the moment now is people going, well, why are we getting overrun? Are we unfit? Who knows? we got a new fitness guy I'm, this year. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if we were completely overrun on the weekend. I think the Valentine Holmes scored a try off a, a drop ball with that pass, and, and then they got the try off. He tried, too. He had a lot to do. He had a lot to do. He did, but, you know, like, Horsbury left a bit of a gap there, if you look back at it. I know um had a bit of an covered it and but then didn't quite get the contact right but and and savage with that kick late in the game maybe he was struggling because he he was you know out of position but um the one thing that concerns me because i'm a I, I am a fan of ricky and i like to give him um all the grace that i that that, that 
that he deserves because of how he's rebuilt the club. But the one thing that I, I am concerned about, um, which I'll be interested to hear what you think, Pork and, and Blake, is how quickly we have changed our style of attack. And maybe it's because, you know, Hudson Young has gone back to reserve grade either for injury or for form um, and Whitehead's had to shift out. But for all of that, that attack that we saw in those two trial matches and then at the beginning of the season, um, and maybe Whitehead can't play big minutes in the middle. Uh, and now with Hodgson not being able to play, Ricky's had to try and scramble to figure out a way to, to relieve Whitehead. And maybe he's he's done that by reverting, putting him to the edge and putting Sutton back in the middle and going back to an attacking plan based on last year. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I, my, my biggest concern with Ricky isn't, isn't all the, the noise that we're hearing. It's that... We, we seem to have developed this this idea of an attacking structure over the off season and then at, at first um blink we've we've you know we've we've shifted you know we've, we've moved yeah. to going back to a much more simplified game plan because of if, a couple of games where we weren't we weren't completing at the rate that we wanted to complete and, and to me that's what's scary is that the entire structure of our attack has changed distinctly i still believe in ricky and i still believe in his ability to be able to get this squad into the top eight i really do um but i but i am concerned with how differently we're playing now than we were three or four weeks you can you compare to how we played against the cowboys to the majority of the better teams over the course of the weekend and it's very one out it's very basic Mm. it's very one out i mean you know and and the thing is and the one out isn't good one out i wouldn't mind it if people were ripping and tearing yeah but there's a lot of crabbing and there's a lot of, you know, and, I, and I'm hoping the change that come up this weekend will we'll do something about it. But um, it, it, for me, there's still a big problem with intent with a fair few players. If you're not going in there like your next match selection depends on it, um, then... But who's that on? There. Is that just solely on the players or is that on the coach as well? I mean, this is the whole thing. It's all, it, look, it, it's on both, but if they exactly. don't know it by both. now... Exactly. Yeah, it's on. It's on. But no, I'm not absolving Ricky from everything. What I'm saying to you is, if if you're hacking on him, you've got to have you've got to have a better option up your sleeve. You've got to have a direction you think we can go player, you know, coach wise, which can attract players, which can stick, you know, like the whole club together as one unit. And if you don't have it, you're missing part of it. You, you can't just say, "Geez, this house is bad. I'm going to burn it down," and then live in a paddock. You've got to have something <laughs> to put in its place. And if you don't, you're not doing the right thing. Look, I've been doing some research. I've been doing some research. I'm sure you have. I'm sure Let's you go have. There. You're up, down, up, upside down, red bloody flag going around, and, you know, with the cookers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is quite bad. But I'll tell you someone who doesn't have well-formulated ideas, and that is the shark. What's up, everybody? It's your friend John back again for another edition of Shark Attack. This week, I'm actually in danger of being in a real-life shark attack because me and the boys... We uh, decided to get out of Canberra, get away from some of the Raiders' negativity, and uh, come up to Tweed Heads here on the north coast of New South Wales. You know, go to Twin Town, slap the pokies around. We stopped in uh, Cumnock, grabbed Kev. Stopped in Goulburn, grabbed Raiders' Thick Boy. Say what's up, Thick Boy. G'day. Yeah, g'day. Feeling good? Yeah, you hear that? The waves lapping in the background? Yeah, it's a beautiful vision. Yeah, last night, funnily enough, we were walking to uh, to Twin Towns. I got separated from the boys and uh, ended up on a street called Stewart Street. And it was weird. I was walking down the street, 
I just got really disoriented and I was like completely lost. I just couldn't tell what direction I was going in. And so I called up Thick Boy and let him know. But then halfway through the phone conversation, I just started kind of yelling at him and like blaming him for everything that was going wrong and you know like took taking no accountability for what was was happening. I also started blaming social media for some reason. You know like that was the reason that everything was wrong, everything was going badly in my life. You know, but I eventually got out of Stewart Street. I got off of the road and got to the Twin Town Center. And I just want to let you know, I know a lot of people think that you can't get out of Stewart Street. Like, there's no way out. But let me tell you, there's definitely life after Stewart Street. So we made it, and we started talking about this Raiders team that was announced. Look at that. Jordan Rapana at fullback, huh? Thick Boy, didn't you call that one just before Blake did on Twitter in the, in the greenhouse chat? Yeah, mate. See, it's weird that he blocked you because of that. Blake's very fickle, but, you know, he's my boy. We're very, very close. So I'll put in a good word for you. Hopefully he unblocks you. All right, so, uh, yeah, everyone's saying that the Raiders are going to lose by, what, 60? Or everyone's saying, please don't lose by 60, which, you know, I don't even think they're going to do that because that would make sense in the grand scheme of the way the team's going this year. No, the Raiders are going to lose by 12. Penrith aren't even going to cover. It's just going to be super annoying, and that's just going to follow the motif, the 2022 Canberra Raiders. No one can escape the misery, not even gamblers. So, yeah, that's my pick. Penrith by 12. Uh, I still love this stupid team, and I still love all of you. And now I'm going to jump off this balcony. Go, you green things. It, it is, you know, it's not hard to see why he gets in fights pretty much every match that he's in. You know, he's at the Shark. And I believe he's going up to Panther Stadium this weekend, you know, packing a shank. So, you know, anything he, he can happen. He always goes to Panther Stadium, doesn't he? Mm. He's always he a loves he, You know, it's, it, it's kind of funny, you know, because um, I was saying last week or two weeks ago that all the feedback on Arnie J is 100% positive. Mm. It's pretty much the other way around with the shark. Mm. <laughs> I, I, it's almost certainly. Why do you have that American guy on your show? What's he bringing? This is rugby league. That was all. I love him. From- oh, I think he's the best. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I love the shark, mate. When I when yeah. I first listened to it, the first time, honestly, the first time I listened to it, I was like, "What the hell? He's American." And then after the second time I listened to it, I love I love the shark. I love and I and guys, whoever's listening to this, obviously, I'm talking to um, Blake and the Pork right now, and the other people are listening. I've never met John Sharky, so you don't I'm not saying to. this because. I know oh, I do. <laughs> I really do. I, I don't want people to listen to this thinking, oh, they're all on the same team. No, but I I haven't met him. And, and I remember listening to the first time. I, I still remember the street that I was driving down. I was driving down Gower Avenue in Los Angeles near the Sunset Studios. And I heard the shark and I was like, why is this American talking about my Raiders? And then it took one other podcast listen and I realized he's a genius. And now I can't wait to hear. He's his he's he's also like, he's also and he's a like more passionate. Listen to this like suicide thing. He's also a more passionate Raiders fan than um, any of us because I can tell you I'm not driving up to Penrith Park on Sunday afternoon to watch us get absolutely destroyed. I'll be in Sydney on the weekend. Um, okay, Raiders by fifty six. Raiders by fifty six. Look, yeah, one um, one thing just on the changing tactics. Do we possibly speculate that the new attack structure was brought in? By our man Crawley, the new attacking coach Mick Crawley that came back, formerly at the club around 2016 when we had the great attack, and um, he brought in the new structure. And Ricky's already gone away from it and said, "No, we're going to go back to what we did before." What do you think about that? Um, I'm I, I am most concerned about um, uh, the role of the 13 on our side at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
you know. And, That's why and I'm saying I think maybe get in Adam Elliott and just say one game, see what you can do. This is the game. I'm really, I'm really worried about Whitehead and his future. I, I, he's, he's, he's bled for this side, and, and yeah. obviously not just the side, but the community. Um, and I want him, but I, well, he didn't figure out his role at 13. You know where maybe he can get spelled by Elliot. Elliot. His Elliot's best rugby league at the Bulldogs was at 13. It wasn't on the edge. And we've yeah. groomed Rushton for a 13. And now suddenly Hudson Young's on the bench. Hudson Young's playing reserve grade. Hudson Young's in the extended bench. And now we've got Whitehead playing on the edge. It's it's confusing to me. And 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 we've got Sutton, Horsburgh, and Papali'i playing that link player. And what was most exciting about the conversations that we were having at the beginning of the year when we were playing the Roosters in the trial matches or Manly? We were shifting it edge, 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 edge. Yeah. Yeah, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I do. So I do hear what you're saying. I, I do agree with that. We do need to get some stability. It'd be good if we stopped getting injuries. It'd be good if we stopped um, having yeah. players that needed to be dropped. Look, I think a lot of those players aren't far away from coming back, especially Hudson Young. And I have some mail that there may have been at uh, training a significant head injury to one of the players, which might can't say too much, which might force a, a, a late. Um, change if that person doesn't um, pass protocols um, at which point we could see some real extended bench action but now brought to us by Raiders Plumbing because if you want plumbing you want crack and if you want crack and ask clown you better go to Raiders Plumbing it's time for Ask Clown of the Week <laughs> that looks obscene um, yes, my and Ask Clown week, of the Week yes yep. Pluck my Ask Clown of the Week is going to go to Young Zach Lomax. Uh, I don't think she should have got a fine. I don't think he should have got a fine. But that was a real just dick move. Just jumping. I thought the try should have been overturned. Oh, I don't think. I thought the try should have been. I don't think you know the dick move of the highest level. We like Zach Lomax. We talked him up. We said lovely things about that man. I saw him do that. Yeah, and I thought to myself, that's why we didn't sign him, mate. That's why we didn't sign him. He went for a coffee with Rick. (laughs) No dickheads policy. No, Frizzell, Frizzell should have Frizzell Frizzell. should have killed him. Yeah, well, when, when you look at a guy like Tyson Frizzell, who you know, buddy, yeah. David absent all for the Dragons, and then you know, he's just been a, such a great player for so long. It just was it just was an embarrassing thing to do. From oh, it was just dreadful. I don't yeah, no, think he, he should have been fined though. I don't think he should have been fined, and I don't think that well, it's as bad, if not worse, as what Crichton did last season with Joe Tarpanay. Yeah, but I, you don't want to. You I don't want to totally. It, it, you don't want to totally sanitize the game so that people aren't layering it up. But at the same time, it's like the Jerome Lewis. You need I think. to get that out of the game, mate. You need to get that out of the game, just like last year with Tarpany and Jerome Lewis. I, I think. I think it's very. Simple. No one's finding Jerome Lewis. No one's finding Jerome Lewis. Yeah, he but that's on like a dick every game. Yeah, but he's not going and jumping on the opposition player. He's not trying to drag a, a player who's still not even on the field into a you know an obnoxious celebration. I think there literally needs to be in the review if you've got one of the players who's on the top side that scored because um, they'll do they'll do a, a penalty try with the extra conversion. You know, if a foot's mm-hmm. out or someone does something, I think there needs to be if someone's acted like the complete jerk and inflamed situation, the try can be overturned. Absolutely can yeah, be overturned not, because that, if you want to get it out of the game, edge, but no, yes. no, but if you want to get that crap out of the game, make it so the trial will be overruled. And I'll tell or, you what, stop people being or, Larry Tools. Or a penalty on halfway to the receiving team. 
So in that instance, Newcastle get a penalty on halfway rather than having to kick off. Yeah, yeah. Taking taking the try off would hurt more than absolutely anything else. Way more. Bring back the five minute bin. And, and because the guy has gone on like a jerk. Yeah, bring back the five bin. Yeah, the guy's gone on like a jerk is all of a sudden going to have to face the captain of the side who's just lost a try and face up to the person who's just had a try taken away from them. So, you know, it's it's actually going to bring home. But anyway, my ask... And then what more. they should have is stocks at the end of the ground mm. and then for five minutes in the ground, he should be placed in the stocks and mm. the fans should be able to throw <laughs> beer cans at him. He'd well, never do it again. He'd never do you, it again. You, you can't get beer cans at the footy anymore, mate. You, know yeah, you can. You can get cans. Oh, maybe I just because I'm working, I never do it. My ask plan of the week once more is Graham Annesley coming out and telling us all that we're wrong. All the coaches, the O'Briens, the Paytons, the the Stewarts, yeah. and all the fans have come out and say there's unconscious bias and the smaller sides are constantly getting ripped off. He's come out and saying it's not true, it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, Graham, Graham, he said Graham, it's unconscious. Graham, Graham. He said it's unconscious bias because it's not conscious. Yeah, yeah. He basically said, "Oh, they, they're not—they're not going in with a preconceived notion." So it's like that's the whole point. It's that's not a, that yeah, they're going the out point. there deciding to deliberately. You don't give... understand what it is, Graham. Doesn't mean it's not happening. You, <laughs> you only have, have all the you weekend. Only, you only have to watch all the, the games. Oh, mate! The Roosters versus the Warriors. Every fifty-fifty call went to the Roosters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree for the Cowboys. Three sin binnings for the Cowboys, and I can tell you, one of them was deserved, and the other two were not. You take two of those sin binnings out, and the Cowboys had a real shot against the Roosters. You know, nah, and, they got pumped, man. They did, but anyone gets pumped when they, for 30 minutes of a game, are down a man. You know, look, anyway, it, it's there. Anyway, he's my ass clown of the week. He's going to be, I, in fact, I'm putting him up for a perpetual ass clown award because I think he's done enough. Like, only shit teams lose to the Cowboys twice in the first six weeks of the competition. Matt, what's Look, your ask? I, I had a very, I had a very long conversation with Todd Payton before the match, and he's and I, I did tell him, does anyone ever said that you look exactly like Ming the Merciless and Flash Gordon? He said no one's ever said that, and I said, well, I am saying it. Go no, ahead. I've heard heaps of people say that on TV. Now. He, he has never it heard it. He hadn't seen it anyway. Did I you ask him if you remembered me from the thirty-three days? I didn't ask him anything of the sort. I asked him many, many questions, but one of them was not about you. We talked about a lot of the old Arendale players um, going through the stuff, but I can tell you, I came away from that 10-minute conversation with Todd, pa- Todd Payton thinking, oh, my God, he's an impressive man and an impressive coach. Yeah. So, anyway, who's your ass? But there's man? no good coaches out there. There's no good coaches out there, remember? That's why we've got to stick with Ricky, because there's no one else we could possibly ever get. <sighs> oh, it's not whether there's Clearly... a good, not good coaches, it's whether they will come to us and whether they will fit. Clearly, Todd's forgotten about Lot 33 and the, the long yeah. nights that he had. Did you ever go there, Matt? I did, actually. Yeah. Um, long time ago. I had a few I'll, t- I'll tell you that. I'll tell you the funniest. I'll tell you the funniest story. My funniest Lot 33 story was um, I used to run nights there, and I was on the door uh, there on a, on a late on a Friday night, and um, the Raiders were playing uh, Cronulla up in Sydney. And it was it was one of those games, you know, where they had the late night. The the buddy telecast was on, which started at like yeah. ten, and then they had ads and went for like three hours and everything else. And then if you're sitting in the pub, it was on delay, and someone could come in and tell you the score. Anyway, I had no idea of the score. I was sitting on the door. Why don't you? I wonder if the Raiders won or not. And then suddenly Jason Croker and um, Clinton Shikovsky have arrived <laughs> at the door, and I was like, Oh, how did you go? Did you win? And like, Yeah, we won. So I let them in. But they used to fly back. They used to fly back on a little charter plane. So they'd played at Shark yeah. Park, then gone to, um, I think, Canterbury Airport, 
and then flying the, the, then the fly charter back. plane to Fishwick and straight to Kingston, straight to lot 33. I only flew back on a win, I guess. Um, yeah. My ask plan, there are two. One's Annesley and the match review committee, not just for the, the trying to convince the NRL public that unconscious bias is not conscious, um, but also how the hell um, Nathan Cleary is not suspended for what is possibly one of the worst tackles I've seen in the last you know year. Mm. Uh, but I'm a Raiders fan. People are going to say it's all bias, but you know. But it's very conscious bias. Oh, mate, Fleamy only gets five weeks or six weeks, and it, Cleary. But a couple of things on that Fumiano one. It was really- yeah. Well, a couple of things on that Fumiano Tyrell Fumiano one is that he only got five weeks because he had loading. He wouldn't get five weeks now because that was done in the preseason, and now under the current um, rules, the loading wouldn't come to effect, so he would have only got three weeks. And Hayes Dunster, like, destroyed his knee completely. He may never come back. Yeah, he may never. Yeah, come but that back. shouldn't that matter. Might be, that might be. And also, he was a repeat Gerald offender. Yale, right, right there. That's how bad that might might, might be. Um, or a Taniella Tuaki, you know, those oh, injuries where terrible. the player never comes back from it. Yeah. And They're broken legs, of... though, those two. Those are broken legs as opposed to... But really yeah. bad lower leg. And there's the yeah. same break that Ricky did while on subject. He came back from his, mm-hmm. but the other two didn't. But I guess they were different sorts of players. But, Matt, I've got a question for you, mate. Have you got a semi? Oh, yes, I do. I, I have a... <laughs> I, wake, I wake up in the morning and I think about the north of England. And I think about... Just getting my rush on, my Harry rushed on. And then I look and I see a young photo of a young man who looks 14, but he's ready for first grade. And his name is Harry Rushton. He's scoring tries. He's kicking through. He's playing prop or is he playing 13? No, he is. I think he's playing 13. I think he's playing 13. I think he, he's in the 13 jersey. I, he'll come on but, and play 13. He played 80 minutes against North Sydney. That was good. He played well in that game. He played really at well. The risk of, um, at the risk of uh, sounding like a broken record, he's definitely going in the front row rotation. I think he'll go. I think he'll play. I think he'll go on at 13. He, he, look, Mate, he look, makes stuff. If we've got Elliot Whitehead playing 13 and Harry Rushton playing prop and Ryan Sutton playing 13, you can just throw all those numbers in a bowl, shake them up. And we can all go home together because it's kind of a little ridiculous. But the way I'm that sure what is... sort of parties you're doing in in Los Angeles, mate. But that's not the way. That's not the way we do it. You know, not the, the way Greek. we do it. No. Uh, <laughs> what about Corey Horsburgh? He's part. He's part of the thirteen prop rotation as well, isn't he? Yeah. Look, <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll, we'll this see. Week. Maybe, okay, maybe but we, we do. We do have the Panthers this weekend, and and due to my uh, technical um, shortcomings at the present moment, you're going to have to help me out here with the team listing. Okay. Um, when I fail, I know the Panthers are unchanged from last week. So let me no, say no. that is we've got Eisenhuth in the front row with. Are we, are we starting? Well, are we starting at number one, or are we starting at start from the back? No, I always, always start at the other way. Okay, okay. The other way, we've got Dylan Edwards. We've got Tyler May on one wing. We've got... got Charlie Staines. Uh, we've got Charlie Staines on the other wing. In the in the middle, we've got Tago and Crichton, which uh, Tago and Taylor May just continue to impress me. Um, then we've got Jerome Luai in six. We've got Nathan Cleary at seven. At 13, we've got Isaiah Yo at 12. We've got Liam Martin, who is looking good again after 
I know they won the premiership last year, but last year wasn't his best year. The year before, you know, 2020 is good. He's back to that form again. He's looking really good. We got uh, the man with the lambs will sheep skin, uh, sheep uh, car seat cover on his head, Villamai Kikau. Then the front row, we got the an Eisenhuth. Is it a Matt Eisenhuth or a Tom Eisenhuth? I can't Matthew. remember which one. Matthew. We got a Matthew. Then we got Coruscant, and then we've got uh, James Fisher Harris who is just in mm-hmm. awesome form. Got Spencer Lenu on the bench along with um, Jamin Salmon. Um, we've got Mitch Kenny and I cannot think who the Scott fourth Sorensen. Scott Sorensen. God, I did pretty well though. Former I, Raider. Former Raider. You've got to say, not my own side. I pulled that one out pretty well. Yeah, well, they are the, um, prim- the, they are the premier team. At the, in the back, game. we're starting obviously with Jordan Rapiner. On one wing, we have Nick Chotrich. On the other wing, we have Xavier Savage coming in, um, which will be an interesting thing. In the centres, we've stayed with Matt Timoko and Semi Valamai. Have you? And- are you still on the semi train? Yeah, semi- you're, you're backing up as well. But you're getting off. You're no, backing, I'm not backing up. up. I'm on it, mate. That's I the sound of backing up. That's the sound, That's the sound of backing, backing up, Matthew. Backing up. It's the sound That's of driving over you, bro. He he we, didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. He didn't, but he wasn't the worst. worst. Uh, then we've got um, Whiten, and we've got who was Schneider. the worst? Who was the worst? Gula. He had the least the impact the of weekend. any player. Look, Chance didn't have a happy match. When he's running the ball forward, he hasn't. He's okay. It's under the. It's under the the holding the ball. And catching the ball, there's these things. When he's running the ball and when he's tackling, he's good. He's as good as ever. You know, the other thing I've noticed as well about Chance this year is um, you look like you're on NRL 360 holding up a club there, Matt. He's sponsored. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I've noticed about Chance Chance this year is he hasn't been taking those runs as as much either. No, I agree. One really big runner said, you know, he hasn't been doing that. So he's metres down. I mean, the stats have come out this week. Uh, across the board, our meters are the worst meters of any team yeah. in the league. And our yeah. back and five that's, that's meters are also forward. the worst. Stop crabbing it. Run forward. Yeah. So at, at lock, I believe we have Harry Rushton. And no, Ryan row. Sutton. Harry Rushton's Ryan on the Sutton, bench. Sorry. Ryan then, Sutton. We have, then we have uh, in the second row, we've got Elliot Whitehead and Corey Hutter with a nighter. Then the front row, mm-hmm. we've got Tarpanay, we've got Tom Starling, and we've got Papali'i on the bench. In 14, we have CNK. In yep. 15, I believe, we have Russian. In 16, yep. we have Horsburgh. And in well, 17, 17 is... Yeah, and then, then Adam Elliott. And that's the side. Look. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's going to be tough. But one thing I would like to say, one thing I would like to say is, is Xavier Savage has been named on the wing. I expect at times when we have the ball, he and Jordan Rappiner to um, alternate. Yeah, I totally. Go, and we've family. seen that before. Yeah. We've seen that before with the with the Ferguson, uh, Sandor Earl, and whoever the hell was at fullback Dugan, where they swapped around, and whoever was at one, and whoever was on the wing, it changed, it, and it was kind, and it worked when they did that. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Look, do you know? Here's a bit of a stat for you: that the Penrith Panthers have got two stats for you. Are you aware <laughs> that of the 120 points that have been scored at Canberra Stadium so far this season, 86 of them have been scored at the Northern End? Anyway, this is an interesting stat. Yes, uh, virtually because all they've the all been in front of me. Yeah, yeah, virtually all the points in the last two matches have been scored at the northern end. Virtually all of them. Uh, but the Panthers have not lost at home for 20 matches. They have won 20 matches at home in a row. The last time they lost at home was on Sunday, the July 28th at 4pm. They lost 18 points to 30 against the Canberra Raiders. That was their last home loss. You want to know another interesting home. stat? Yeah. 
The Canberra Raiders have not lost a game this year that I've been at. <laughs> so you're going to get the car then. You're so going to know another interesting stat. The Canberra Raiders were leading Penrith last year when Charles Tuchel's start was still on the field. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you want to know then, interesting stats? You want to know an interesting stat? Yeah. Well, it's time to rip in with RDJ. G'day, Raiders fans. We are certainly up against it this week, uh, but so is every team when they come up against the Panthers. They've certainly lost a few players to other teams, but they have shown no sign of stopping this season. They are young, fit, and run very hard. They get quick play the balls. They are very hard to stop. Um, so picking out their weaknesses is, is pretty slim pickings for me this week, but uh, we're going to do our best. Um, and hopefully some uh, valuable information for you and any of the Raiders coaches, if they're listening. Um, I like to think they do, but who knows? All right, so the Panthers' average of the possession is 54.5%. Um, now, to win this week, we need an equal amount of ball. So that means grubbers in goals, repeat sets, etc. cetera. Um, so that'd be the first thing that we need to be practicing and, and aiming at. As far as some of the Panthers' weaknesses, um, I think uh, the winger Staines, his defence is a weak link. Uh, there are not too many defensive weak links in the Panthers team. I think he's certainly one of them. Um, so we need to be testing him out and uh, get plenty of ball over his side and hopefully some poor decisions are made. Uh, we need to keep the ball on the ground at Edwards at fullback as opposed to high. He's rock solid. Um, he's very good under the high ball. He's certainly no Teddy or Turbo, but he is... Uh, a rock solid player. So keep the ball on the ground at him. Uh, and I want the forwards to run at Oppie, Appy Coruscant all day. Um, tire him out. He's a very good player. He's very tricky and cheeky. Um, let's tire him out, run at the <coughs> get the forwards to run at him all day. And hopefully the forwards can maybe even get over him and, uh, and score a try. All right. So, as some of the other stats um, I'm going to throw at you, um, we are actually winning the offload stat in the competition, averaging 14 offloads a game. Um, we really haven't taken advantage of that. So our hooker and fullback need to be there right up the backsides of the forwards to collect those offloads and take advantage of it. Uh, we're still the worst in the comp for handling errors. I think we can ignore that this week. Um, it's, it is way too high and it's frustrating. Um, we're averaging two and a half tries a game and that's not going to cut it to win this week against the Panthers. So let's not worry too much about our handling errors. Let's keep doing the offloads, get people there to um, grab that ball and run further afield. Um, I think we need four tries at least to win. Um, and... If we get four tries, we still might lose, but we should be competitive. All right, so that's it from me this week. Um, hopefully we can get within two tries and be competitive if we can follow all that information I've given already. Um, good luck to the players and all the fans this week. I think we might need it, but go you green machine. Oh my God. Someone better call the police because he's off the hook. 
unbelievable. He is he's a raging pile of pheromones. He is you can't <laughs> control him, and the people who do try and control him, well, they're sadly disappointed because he just blows them away. Arnie today, um, I don't know, you know, just once more, it's time to remind you that you know the the strongly held opinions of the contributors to this show are not necessarily endorsed by this show. You know, it's Bob Santa Maria, BA Santa Maria. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? Um, but uh, yeah, now Arnie J, he's got some good stuff there. But now it's time for the segment, which I can't possibly do because I can't see them. The extended band. I'll read it out. I'll read it out. Extended band. I'll read it out. Who do you want to? Who do you want to hear from first? Do you want to hear from the Panthers? Let's, or do you want let's to go with the Panthers first. Okay, number nineteen, Chris, Chris Smith. Number twenty, Jamey Hopgood. Number twenty-one, mm. Lindsay Smith. No mm. relation to Chris Smith, I presume. Number twenty-two, Sonny Luke. Now, mm-hmm. do you want to know a bit of trivia about Sonny Luke? I always he came, do. He's a St. Mary's junior, like half the Panthers team. He came through uh, the under-20s at the same time as, like, Dylan Edwards and, um, you know, Jerome Luai and, and half, basically half the team. And then he basically, he fell away. He fell away. He was lost to the Panthers. I think he was playing, like, local um, local league in, in the sort of the, the Penrith region. And this year, he went back to the team on a um, train and trial uh, opportunity and he's now he's back he's back in the squad so at 25 or 26 he's now back in and he's like their backup hooker I think backup half hooker right so we can expect big things from him number 23 Christian Crichton uh yeah is a relationship is a relation he is he is is 100% a relation uh number 24 Soon to be announced as the um, Dolphins' next marquee halfback signing, Sean O'Sullivan. Mm. And number mm. 18, Robert Jennings, who is, again, related to the, the Jennings family and obviously is not the Jennings that uh, is out for the season. That's the South Sydney one, isn't it? Who did you uh, yes, and, and yeah. Michael is also George. out for his career. Michael, yeah, no, I think he's allowed to play again, isn't he? I think he's, I think the drug uh, ban's lifted. In 2027. Yeah, no one's going to take it. Now, do you know they're also uh, all related to the latter Kefus in the rugby union world as well? Right. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Michael Jennings just lost, lost a court case against his ex-wife. And has to pay Well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, okay. no, well, okay. if he's again, got any get, money, he's got Getting money. to the uh, extended bench um, for the Canberra Raiders. Number 19, Matt, the shoe man, Frawley. Ooh, the shoe man. Number 20, Croker. Number 21, the much maligned Emre Gula. Number unlucky. 22, number 22, unlucky. Number 22, uh, Trey Mooney looked looked pretty good at times. <laughs> looked pretty good at times against North Sydney. I don't think he's quite as first grade ready as Harry Rushton, so he's he's still got a Did you did you see the selfie you took on my camera? Yes. Did you did you see the selfie you took on my camera? I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. Half Croatian, Trey Mooney. There you go. Uh, James Schiller Number 23, of course, Brett Mullins' nephew. Uh, Peter Holler, again, had some really strong runs um, in the second half against North Sydney and had some some much-needed grunt, sort of like Emre Gula with a bit more grunt, I thought. Uh, and then Hudson Young. Emre Gula with a bit more Gula. Uh, yeah. I reckon, I reckon we, we, might, we might see Holler um, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You might see Holler this weekend. Well, because he started um, off well in that in that trial, but then he's he hasn't he didn't play big minutes actually against North Sydney, so I don't think he's ready. And he, I talked yeah. to Joel Carboni before the last match, and he's the the coach of the Raiders, um, Reggie's, and he wanted to remind me that you take Sammy Williams and the shoe man out of his side, and pretty much every player is twenty one or below. 
He said yeah. it's the youngest reverse reserve grade side in the Jared Croker. None. Yeah, well, he's not really in the reserve grade side. Yes, is he? he is. He's a fixture. Yeah, yeah, a fixture. He's a fixture on the extended bench. Well, look, given those numbers, I'm going to have to give the extended bench just simply for the fact there's so much first grade experience in it. <laughs> to I've got to give it to Penrith Panthers and it upsets. Oh, finally happened. It's finally happened. No, there's no like Penrith is just a production line of good football players. The extended yeah. bench of the extended bench would would still probably you could put the, very... you could you could put out the Penrith Panthers reserve grade team against our first grade jet team today, and it might be a close thing. Well, we've got right, the. I, um... need to, I need to talk. I need to talk. I need to talk. All right, go ahead, Matthew. Preach. I. I am not falling into this Penrith Panthers are the greatest club in rugby league at the moment. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. The Raiders have stepped up against Penrith for many years. Every time we play them, it's a dogfight. Every time we play them, our fans hate their fans. Their fans hate our fans. Let's, let's not fall down like a Solzy and just talk about how good this club is. Screw the Penrith Panthers. I'm about to unwind my window and I'm about to yell out to the LA public. Oh, he's going to unwind the window, people. Uh, we told him not to do it. We've told him I am sick of the Penrith love for many reasons, Canberra Raiders fans. One, during this COVID outbreak, no other team had to travel more than the Canberra Raiders. No Rich. other team had to travel less then the Penrith Panthers. And when they had to travel, where the hell? So their away games were 12 minutes down the road at Parramatta Stadium. They got the... I don't know what the, how long it's been since you've driven in Western Sydney. 40, 12, 40... Nowhere. You're 12 yeah, minutes right. down the road. But, <laughs> but they're not hopping in a private plane like they were getting to Lot 33, Blake. And my point <laughs> is, during that COVID where they got this huge... We beat them at Penrith, by the way, as we just pointed out. And during that whole area where Penrith created this dynasty and this all this bullshit of they got the greatest club and the greatest la-la-la, mate, they didn't have to... They, they, had the, they were kissed on the dick when it came to their travel restrictions. Not only did one of their club leaders break protocols with a TikTok dance and get no fine. He basically broke a guy's leg last week and he's playing against us this week. So Raiders fans, get on the bus with John Sharkey. Drive up to Penrith Stadium, Raiders by 56. You heard it here first. Screw the Penrith Panthers. Screw Jerome Luai. Screw these pony boys. Stephen Crime's a pathetic centre. Charlie Staines is a pathetic winger. We can beat him. Matt Eisenhuth, is he even a prop? No, he is not. Come on. Let's go Raiders. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's 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 one there's one potential player that 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 wouldn't make the the Raiders team, Matt Eisenhuth. That's about it. The one weak spot. Well we can only <laughs> yeah, just target him. After that rant, there's only one person who can possibly measure up to a rant like that. And that, of course, is Lord Funkington. G'day, everyone. Lord Funkington here. Um, after last week's shit show against the Cowboys, I did a fair bit of research and uh, come to understand a couple of things. Um, now, bear with me here because this will be difficult for all of you to hear. Uh, the first thing is the Canberra Raiders go shit, shit house when there's too much blue in the jersey. 
And uh, right now, the Raiders have two jerseys that have far too much blue in them, never mind that green home one. Um, last time the Raiders had too much blue in the jersey was that one with the crappy blue panels down the side, and we were absolutely shocking. Any other time we've had a jumper that didn't have much green in it, we've been absolutely shithouse too. So you've got to bring back nothing but green. That's the only way around this current predicament. But something else, and I know this will be controversial for a lot of you, stop calling Canberra the milk. Everything that's gone bad with the Raiders has coincided with everyone starting to call the team the milk again. So Lord Funkington is starting it here. Hashtag no more milk. Stop calling the Canberra Raiders the milk. It has cursed the team and brought in nothing but infighting, shithouse performances, just general debacle, debaculous behaviour. Stop the milk. Join it with me now. Say it with me. No more milk. Now it's time for, we've really got to look at this, but it's, who's got a lift? Who? Uh, for me, it's Nick Cotrich. Yes, I started run, sort of talking about. I started, talking about, I started talking about Nick Cotrich, um earlier. He's averaging ninety-one meters a game, and we hoped that when he came back into the side, he was going to, you know, bring us those meters from the back. He's averaging ninety-one meters per game. Uh, he'd be one of the highest-paid wingers in the comp. Other wingers like Ravalawa, averaging one hundred and sixty meters. Mm. A, a busted ass <laughs> Kyle Felt. Is he one of the a former Raiders player? Who? Is mm-hmm. it Cottridge? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, um, absolutely Kyle, is. Kyle Felt, uh, busted-ass Kyle Felt, 135 metres. Josh Adokar, and a, you know, struggling Bulldogs, 130 metres. Corey Oates, good. To, I'm actually quite happy to see Corey Oates going back again because he looked like he was he was done and dusted. He's averaging 161 metres. Daniel Tupo, who's no doubt on a lot less money than Nick Cottridge, 175 metres. And... To add insult to injury, Bailey Simonson, who effectively we flicked to bring back a much higher-paid Nick Cottridge, is averaging 100 metres, so he's averaging 10 metres a game more. So are you Nick sure, Daniel, enough, mate. Are you sure Daniel it's... Tupo is getting paid more? Are you sure? No, less. Considerably less. Uh, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, on the books. On true, the books. I don't know. <laughs> on the books. <laughs> you know, Nick Cottridge, though, is in danger of being... He's played one game for, for, for the Blues in State of Origin. You know, we kind of thought, oh, maybe he'll come back and he'll come good and he'll get back to that origin form again. He's a million miles away from playing State of Origin again. He's in the ranks of the one one game origin wingers with like Anthony Quinn. Phil Duke. Phil Duke, Steve <laughs> Turner. There have been some shockers over the years. And, and Aaron Raper. Well, I think, yeah, I, well, he didn't play on the wing, mate. Well, I think. Um, he didn't play. He didn't get, get on. He got the jumper and he didn't play. Oh, speaking of players I've, that didn't I've, get on, speaking of players that didn't get on, I watched um, the Hull derby uh, on on the weekend in the Super League, and it was a cracker of a game. Brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Kingston, Hull Kingston Rovers won quite comfortably in the end. Uh, but Josh Reynolds is playing for Hull FC, and man, he was bad. He was really, really bad. And he looks like he's... You know when players look as though they've got a pillow hidden under their jersey? That's what he looked like. It was not good. Oh, he's the grub. He's such an awesome player to have around. And I, he I'm was such an awesome those, player. I'm one of those Raiders fans that's, you know, having a lot of other friends that are fans of other clubs. I, I, I've never quite seen uh, Kotrich as being as dominant as what others did, you know. Like, I never quite understood why he was selected for... New South Wales, like I get he's a great player and he's got upper body strength and 
he can finish. And he's got that really interesting move where when he was playing outside of Croker, he could run towards the corner flag and then spin inside and put the ball yeah. down kind of at his back. Um, but, you know, when it comes to 16 teams and 32 wingers, I, you know, I could I could have probably named at least a dozen that I would have picked higher than him. And I'm surprised, you know, just going into this conversation tonight, I, I didn't think we were paying overs for him. I thought we probably got him on unders, but... Um, clearly, we're paying. Nah, nah. He signed, he signed to the Bulldogs for six fifty, and I reckon we're paying at least five hundred of that. They're probably chipping in about one hundred and fifty. And that will only we be were, for a yeah, year or two. Because so, we apparently offered him five fifty or something. We offered him five fifty or six hundred, and he went to the Bulldogs because they're paying. Uh, well, he's got to lift, and this is the thing: he has he to lift. There, to there, there, there's the key. He must lift. And Corey Hutter with Anita, you got to lift too, Sunshine. Who needs to lift I'm, for you, Blake? Nick Cottridge all the way. Um, and I think probably unlike a lot of other players um, at the club at the moment, he doesn't really have anyone sort of, um, you know, banging on his door, putting pressure on him. Yeah. I mean, who, I'd who, who say Schiller and Hoppawato are both putting pressure on him. Nah, to, to a... To a degree but not not to any great extent but yeah he's got a 100 percent. he's got well he's at got the moment he's got at the moment why wouldn't you give someone a go yeah. you know run it run it straight nick run it straight his whole thing is he runs straight back into them with a big barrel chest smacks into them bounces off and then comes again and does that circuit route and when he's doing that he's great when he's crabbing across the field he's making no meters forward i mean i think if you measured nick kotrick's sideways meters he'd probably be leading the comp so he has I, have, I have seen him. I have seen him in the past, especially when he first came in, do that crab, 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 and then find the gap and go through. But I know what you mean. He used you to do it right. straight. Kick return meters are absolutely invaluable, and they aren't made like a crab. You got to be punching those. My um, my who's got a lift is it's kind of a combination between player and coach. Um, it's that. It's oh, that you having 13. a go, Rick? <laughs> You yeah, do better. I'm not, I'm, you maybe, do better. Maybe we'll see. You can tell me. No, it's 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 the it's the utilization of the of the number thirteen and our game plan and and moving Whitehead. So I, I'm really, you know, I've met Elliot a number of times as as a number of us have, and I'm a huge fan of Elliot Whitehead, and I think he's integral to this side. But at the moment, I don't think we're getting the best use out of him at thirteen, and now we've moved him out to the left edge again. Um, and it, it, there, there's something wrong with the way that we're attacking, and and to me, whether we that is, and use Harry Rushton, um, but there's an issue there that with the, quickly, I think we're going to one-dimensional and don't have a dominant hooker eight possession. Of, can we compete with the storm um, and be better? Um, admittedly, we gave them an 18-point lead, but be better for probably 50 minutes of the game and against the Cowboys. We were better for 55 minutes of the first, you know, first 55 minutes. Um, but without a dominant half, which we can't fix that, right? We've got Schneider um, and we don't want to go back to the Frawleys or the Williams. So without fixing that rotation at 13 and having Elliot on the edge, Elliot Whitehead, um, that's my biggest issue. So I'm really concerned with Elliot Whitehead at the moment. And yes, yeah. it, it really, it pains me to say it because it's the same thing that I heard you know, true diehard Raiders fans say about Jared Croker probably 18 months ago. And I, I really fear that 
maybe we've seen the best of Elliot Whitehead, and it it it, it scares me because it's a young man's game. We have, then we've got him. Well, you think about you know the you think about some of the young the young edge forwards that are dominating at the moment. Talakai, Olakawatu, you know they're. They're, they're, no, the key is the key. My key dom- takeaway from the weekend is you got to just put second rowers in in its centre. <laughs> so who do we put at centre? You drop, you're going to drop Valamai? I'm on the train, bro. You are putting you him off into the, the prop rotation. I'm putting him into the prop rotation. <laughs> you guys right, off, right. are you guys off the train? Are you off the train? I just want to ask, and I won't. We'll see. I won't, I won't. We'll see. All right, we'll see. It's a week-by-week so, week proposition. You, you've got a listener of the week for us, don't you, Blarko? I do. So, listener of the week this week is the uh, very wonderful Mitch Nichols, who, um, great listener. And look, he's got his Twitter profile. He's got a photo of himself wearing a Blake in the Pork ass clown beanie. So, I mean, he's gone above and beyond that guy. Mad love for him. And, you know, hey, buy yourself an ass clown beanie. Take a photo of yourself. Display it prominently. You too could be listener of the week. It's possible you could be. Yes. It's true. You could be. Look, um, so coming up after this, we've got the Warriors away on Saturday, the 30th of April, up there at uh, Redcliffe. And then following that, we come home on Friday, 6th of May, 6 p.m. match uh, for Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. So by that stage, we will Oh, have gone, yeah, that'll be a real um, spoon battle, that one, won't it? By that stage, we'll we'll Real be five. Battle of by the that basement. stage, we'll be coming back and winning that match, and we'll be five and four and in the eight. So everything will be okay, okay. And we'll be looking yes. back on this two and four record as you know. Uh, just well, if you, a, think, a if you think back, if you think back to last year, magic round against the Bulldogs, it was that was a bit of a turning point, wasn't it? Coming yes, it back was. from a, yeah. from with eleven men. Well, we only Look, had eleven temporarily, but we did come back, and that was that was a bit of a turning point, and things there was a bit of a, a false dawn and a brighter period there. Back of that game, so maybe it'll happen again. Uh, speaking of the storm, Matt, I, well, my takeaway from my game against the storm is the storm do have some weaknesses out wide that can be exploited. You know, you look at their team list and they've some of those guys on 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 the extremities aren't great, but uh, I don't see that weakness in in Penrith. So I don't know how we beat. Uh, no, I see that strength no. in Pen. I, I think if you're going anywhere with Penrith, it's through the guts. Run that Eisenhower. Yeah. I no, no I, run I, at all I, of them. I, the I last thing you expect is running at James Fisher Harris. Run at James Fisher yeah. Harris. He's he's not he's not a greatest defender, but I I feel like we're going to get beat pretty well this weekend. But like what I what I'm quite excited about on on uh, I don't know we lost, but against the game against the Cowboys is I I saw Schneider try Plan B and Plan C compared to the first time that we played them. He tried the. Like he's he's starting to see the game with a bit more time. Like he, he and we just couldn't quite adapt. Like he tried that kick, and Rapa wasn't on the wing, so Valamai caught it or it went out. He tried two off the scrum. He tried two passes, Harperbridge passes, and then against the storm, against the storm in the week prior, we our worst game of the year was the game you know either against Manly or you know prior to that, um, Cowboys. That I feel like the Cowboys. Um, first one you think it was the cap yeah that that we actually our, our game plan changed and we actually play pretty deep there's certain things in that storm game that got it got away from us and especially that try um the pappenhausen try where um uh monster got around starling and then got the inside ball but um to me there were so many aspects in that game that i feel like 
the team grew, the team actually developed. And we played not just for 30 minutes or 40 minutes, we played for 50 or 55 or 60. And I, I see our side developing. It's just not easy when you've got a young half. It's not. And yeah. I got a young half. also, hooker. too, like, it's really not. My concern with that, with that, that Cowboys game, the, the one we just lost, um, Schneider was, they kept on getting him to kick the ball and it just wasn't going far enough. You know, and they were starting nah. their sets pretty much on halfway. And mm. some of those ones, it's like, send Jack and buddy go the long boot, you know? Just, he was sort of putting up those sort of almost, they're not quite midfield bombs, but they're not much better kicks and then they were just bringing it straight back to us. Anyway, you're all home. being very, very, very negative at the moment. Here's what's going to happen on Sunday. Out of the blue, out of the box, the Raiders are going to beat the Penrith Panthers in the grieve forms and the season will be launched and everyone will say, where did that one come from? And people say, well, no one could predict that. Well, the Pork predicted that. And just remember that the Pork predicted that because unlike the rest of you, especially you, Salzy, I'm not a Panther supporter. I'm a Camper Raiders supporter and I know what we've got under our tank. And this is going to be one of the you great know You know what's under time. the jersey. You know what's under yeah, the jersey. Yeah. And you know yeah, the coach, no. nobody wants to win more than Ricky. No one. Nobody <laughs> bleeds harder than Ricky. Bleeds green no harder one. than Ricky. No one. No one. Whatever, no Blake. One. Whatever, Blake. It's no quite a surprise. I'm not no one surprised. knows. Anyway, 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 shut up. You're both rambling. You have been listening to the, th- the podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast, uh, coming to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Break out the pork. Break out the pork.